feels like it's been like a month since Georgia played Michigan. I don't know if you guys are with me on that, but I guess that's one of the distinct disadvantages of the Monday through Friday show. Right. But it feels like it's been a month since Georgia plays Michigan. So much has happened since then, but you know what? We're going to go back in time. We're going to go back to last year. December 31st, 2021. How about that? So long ago. Where we were coming in and there was a matchup between two teams. One of them had just been decimated, embarrassed on national television. The other one was coming off the biggest win in decades for their program. Actually, a week after that, they won their conference championship. But the week before that, they were coming off the biggest win for their program in decades. And the narrative around it was, was was one of the teams exposed and the other teams just peaking at the right time? What we got was what we should have all expected. Just an absolute smackdown from Georgia. Just honestly, I think first quarter through the fourth quarter, their most complete game of the season. They treated Michigan like UAB. Mm-hmm. They could do whatever they wanted to in the first half. Michigan couldn't move the ball whatsoever, and it was so bad. I know Kirby Smart kind of spoke about this after the game, but it was so bad that you kind of had the second-half lull where, like, for, what, Georgia played 14 games now? For 13 games this year, the second half just didn't matter. Yeah. Where they were so dominant in the first half that the second half just didn't matter. You had that lull in a college football playoff semifinals matchup. Yeah. That's how thoroughly dominant Georgia was. And they came out in the third quarter, and they were just kind of, eh. You know, offense wasn't really clicking. Defense gave up a couple shots, but they were able to clamp down like they usually do. That's how thoroughly dominant Georgia was and how they quickly they just dismissed Michigan. And you could see it from the opening snap. Georgia went right down the field. Michigan won the coin toss. They're like, nope, we're deferring in there. Georgia's like, all right, fine. Went right down the field, scored a touchdown. I, I think the game was over at that point. Yep. As soon as that 7 nothing hit, and you knew Georgia's defense was going to have Michigan back on their 25 at the best, and they could just pin their ears back and get after it, the game was over. Michigan had to come out and land the first punch, and that's why I thought maybe they they take the ball first. But they were like, no, listen, we're Michigan. We have these two first-round picks playing defensive end. We're going to come out there, and we're going to put our best unit on the field. right? We're going to put our guys on the field first. This is how we have planned this game out all week. We're going to go out there. We're going to shut down this little quarterback from Blackshear uh, that, that had all these interceptions in the SEC championship game. We're going to come out there. We're going to get after him. We're going to sack him. We're going to get a turnover. We're going to get the ball to our offense. Something, somehow, some way, we're going to stop them, get the ball back, set the tone for this game. Oh, wait. Your best unit just got boat raced down the field by a freshman tight end from California. <laughs> and I mean, really a first snap of the game. Mm-hmm. right? You have this big, bad front seven. Georgia's offensive line, uh, they're, they're good. They're not great. Right? Nine yards, first snap, Samir White up the middle. And then it was on. And so I think as soon as 7 nothing hit and your best unit just got dusted off the field, Michigan, was it was done. That just sapped all of the energy away from their sideline. And then just the Python stranglehold from the defense there in the first half. Just nothing available for Michigan. It was thorough domination from, Michigan, or from Georgia in all fronts against Michigan. And I think it's exactly what they needed as they get ready to face the Titan once again in Alabama. 
Yeah, I, I would completely agree with, with a lot of that. Uh, I, I think really it, it started ending. The, the beginning of the end was when we really saw Georgia's defense and, and how they controlled Michigan's offense on that first series. I think you always need to see the response to see how the game's going to go. So while, while I agree with you that once we saw the offense clicking, that offensive line clearing people out of the way, Michigan's defense not really having an answer, and and you know on that first drive I was like, okay, still need to see what the defense does against Michigan's offense and completely controlled them uh, for the rest of the game on that side too. So like you said, right there after Michigan's first possession, that's kind of when I was kind of like, okay, well, we can kind of see how this is going to go. But uh, I completely agree with with everything there, utter domination on, on really every side of the football. And I love to see that kind of response from Georgia because, as you said, I think we saw the most complete performance from this team, and the last time I was on the mic here talking to you guys, we were talking about how Georgia really going out against Alabama. I thought we saw an A to A plus performance from Alabama in that SEC championship game, and I think we saw a C from Georgia. And it, for me, it was about how are you going to respond to that? How are you going to take this month? You got the players on the field. You obviously got the coach on the sideline. How are you going to come back from that? What do you look like against Michigan? Do you maybe take them yeah. lightly because you're, you're looking for a rematch uh, match against Alabama? Absolutely yeah. not. That was A-plus, 150%, exactly what, what Georgia needed and, and showed, I think, all of Georgia's play at its best. And, and now it's, it's all about doing that in the national championship, yeah, we of course, a, we as well. Yeah, we have another Alabama-Georgia week. <laughs> yeah, but, but for that game solely against Michigan, Everything was clicking, and, and there was yeah. absolutely no answer for Michigan, too. And, you know, if you listen to the sideline interview before the kickoff from Jim Harbaugh, it, it kind of, like, he was in that aggressive yeah. mentality. So oh, you he, almost was, he was pumped. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. almost would have expected them to take the kickoff and, and say, all right, let's get our mm-hmm. offense on the field and see what we can do. And well, I, But I think Michigan thought their – best unit was their defense and they right. knew George's best unit was their defense yeah. so it was just you want to put your best foot forward first I just like I said I think you kind of sucked all the energy out of the Michigan sideline when they put their best guys out there I told I was telling Kevin PJ this I don't know Cam you don't watch movies so you probably haven't seen this but <laughs> the opening scene in Troy when Achilles shows up like kind of like late and drunk they have to like pull him out of bed and yeah. the, they the other side puts their best fighter out there like the 8 foot tall dude who's all muscled up and Achilles just boop one times him and it's just like everyone's like, oh, oh, yeah. Like it was immediately over yeah. at that point. I want to do this real quick. I, I apologize to all our listeners out there. Happy 2022. Yeah, right. Of course. I, yeah, sure. I want yeah. to jump. Happy New Year's. Yeah, I, wanted, I wanted to jump in and talk some college football. Uh, but happy New Year's. I'm glad you are spending 2022 with us here as we're getting ready uh, for another Georgia-Alabama game. And stakes couldn't be bigger. This one for the national championship. But I do want to go back. Uh, to this Michigan-Georgia game because I'm looking at this and, Cam, there were so many guys in this game that were getting the talk, right? Uh, Hassan Haskins, Donovan Edwards, Blake Corum, the running backs, right, Mm -hmm. for Michigan who were supposed to come in and they were averaging 225 yards a game. And then we mentioned the two top ten picks potentially on the Mm -hmm. defensive end side for Michigan. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson uh, was the number two vote-getter in the Heisman race, Right. They got embarrassed, like thoroughly dominated. There's a video of Jamari Sawyer just obliterating, obliterating him. And literally, or I guess figuratively, I should say that. Words mean things like BJ says. Uh, You could see the money 
exiting Aiden Hutchinson's pocket and being transferred to Jamari Sawyer's pocket, right? Aiden Hutchinson in that game, I know people are like, oh, you can't do a one-game sample size. Uh, look at what A.J. Terrell, what happened to him in the college football playoff versus what's happening to him now in the pros. I think I think it's more than a one-game sample size because when he's had to play Alabama's and Georgia's, right, he has not had good games. They played Alabama a couple years ago, right? And Michigan got boat raced in that one too, and Aiden Hutchinson had, had like one pressure in that game. I don't know how many pressures he had in this one, maybe one or two, and Stetson just hit him with the juke move. But he, I would not fault NFL teams for taking a second look and be like, okay, this dude just got demolished by a guy who's supposed to be a guard playing left tackle. Yeah. Right? And But flip side of that, I think with Jamari Sawyer, he put some money in his bank account. I think Warren McClendon mm-hmm. dominating those dudes put some money in his bank account. But is is the gap just that big? Is it just Georgia and Alabama and then like – you know, like in the Guinness Book of World Records, where it's like the they have the record for the most books sold of all time, and it's like all of these books, and then it gets number one, and it's the Bible, but the bar graph is so big that it has like a break in the in the graph. <laughs> yeah. Like, is is it that big of a difference between Georgia and Alabama and everybody else? Yeah, I, I hate doing this, but I tweeted SEC after the game. Oh no, just, I, I I did I did because it was just utter domination. You know, me as a person, I was really big on Michigan. Right. Coming into this game, I'm like, they have similar play styles as UGA, as we know. They like to run the ball. We like to run the ball traditionally. We didn't do that this past game, but I was shocked. I didn't this might be like the most dominant performance under Kirby Smart against a top opponent in my opinion because I mean, we beat Oklahoma might be the best win, but we didn't dominate Oklahoma. We dominated Michigan for four yeah, quarters. Yeah, I mean, it was, and it's supposedly on the biggest stage, right? You're yeah. in the college football semifinals. Like, I was, just, I was just, like, thinking back quickly, like, through this year, I'd say, like, like it sounds funny to say now, but, like, maybe Arkansas. Like, just, like, when you talk about thorough domination, that game was 21 to nothing. It was a top 10 game. Yeah. yeah. Game day was there. Like, like the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. it was 20 to, 21 to nothing in a quick hurry. Yeah, I mean, it in, like, huge – top five matchups like when Notre Dame came to Athens like that was a back and forth affair the entire game yeah I mean this was the best performance from a Kirby Smart team you know what I'll say second best I'll say the 2017 SEC championship game oh yeah 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 against Auburn where you went 28 to 7 and like Georgia like from like midway through the second quarter on pretty much handled Auburn. They were only able to score the one. They blocked the field goal in that one. But, I mean, this one, I think it was Georgia's best game of the season. And I think it was the best game of the season for Stetson Bennett. I think it was his – It's impressive. My, yeah. I, I had said leading up to this one, I thought his best performance yet was against Tennessee because there were plays he had to make. If Georgia mm-hmm. was going to win that game, Stetson Bennett had to make some plays, and he made them all. And then when you get to the SEC championship game, I think maybe a little bit too quickly – they handed the reins completely over to Stetson and put it all on him. And obviously a lot of mistakes were made in that game. But coming back to this one, I think this is the perfect Stetson Bennett line is 30 attempts. In a game where they were kind of loading the box and they were going to make Stetson throw it, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, Georgia could still run a little bit. Georgia, I mean, they went for 190 on the ground. A lot of that was Dajan Edwards. He had like 38 yards uh, towards the end of the game. He's kind of become like the cigar that Kirby <laughs> right. Smart puts in his mouth at the end of the game when he knows it's over. 
but for the most part, you look at it, Zamir White uh, had 54 yards. Uh, James Cook had 32. Kendall Milton getting some action. He had 21 yards. And then Stetson, he had 32 yards. But this, this is Stetson Bennett's offense in this game. And yeah. he was able to go out there and execute 313 yards and three touchdowns, 10.4 yards per attempt, and just throwing some absolute dimes in this game, too, under pressure, right? Mm -hmm. There was a couple times where a guy came free and he was able to just whip it down the sideline, the Jermaine Burton touchdown, mm -hmm. where everyone's like, did Jermaine Burton push off? Did the guy just lose the ball? No, I think that was a good wide receiver move. He kind of acted like he was coming back towards the ball. The DB then started coming back towards the ball, and then he moved back up the field. I think that was just a savvy wide receiver move. This is what kind of ticked me off watching the Saturday. Now, we watched Ohio State do what they did to Utah, right? So this yeah. is the same Michigan team that gave that Ohio State offense fits. Mm -hmm. Stetson Bennett just yeah. – he just had fun with Michigan um, Saturday. That was the best game I've ever seen them play, um, personally. I mean – I mean, the that, first half against UAB was nuts. It was nuts. But this game – Michigan's a pretty decent defense. They're not great, but they're pretty decent. They have a decent well, secondary. They're top great, ten, right? They're number yeah. nine defense in the country. They got a great D-line, two first-round um, defensive ends, and it's just – he just he, he went out there and had fun, and I think they prepared him for that Alabama game knowing if we're going to beat Bama, we're probably going to have to throw the ball with you at least 30 times. Yeah, I think there is a little bit of scheme that comes in with that when you talk about the pressure that the Michigan defensive line was able to get on Ohio State. Like, if, if we're starting to compare that on Ohio State and on Georgia, this, like the style of – Is this of, P.J. defending Ohio State? No, by no means. Okay, no, good. Not at all. <laughs> but I, I'm just Valley saying, like, if, if you look schematically, like the style of offenses are, are very different. Oh, yeah. And the, the, I feel like the creativity, while it's not, like, insanely crazy, the, the creativity from the Georgia offense, maybe because it has to be or maybe because they thought it had to be at the beginning of the season with, with Stetson running the reins, and now, like you said, this is just him running his offense and he's slinging it all over the place, but not too much. Uh, but, like, it it allows – it makes that defensive line get on their back foot a little bit more. You have more blockers as well kind of aiding in, in that protection, whereas if you look at Ohio State's offense, they're basically 99% of the time in the spread just slinging that thing or giving it to the running back out of the spread. You know, so well, you know it really funny. allows those defensive ends to just kind of pin their ears back and – I think that's what we we really saw with Michigan's defense against Ohio State. You know what's funny about that though is, and we got to get to Jake Roos here. He's coming up next uh, from On3.com. Going to break down the Michigan game and take a look at Alabama Georgia 2.0 uh, in I guess 2022 now, but the 2021 season. But I, I think Georgia's offense was super Ohio State in this game, where it was a ton of bubble screens, a ton of underneath stuff, and then you hit deep. And even Jim Harbaugh yeah. said that. He was like, it was underneath, underneath, underneath. And maybe mm -hmm. not even Ohio State this year. This was like more like the – couple years ago. The, the Dwayne Meyer. Haskins. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. Dwayne Haskins Ohio State kind of offense where it's just bubble screen, tunnel screen, zone run from the shotgun just yeah. to keep you keep you working, keep you working, uh, flexing a running back out. And then, I mean, that the pass to James Cook, that's just in the Todd Munkin arsenal. If you put a linebacker out there, Stetson's going to throw the bomb. We've seen it over and over again now yeah. to James Cook playing wide receiver. But this offense was super Ohio State to me. And I think maybe what they saw for this Michigan game was Ohio State put up 27 points on Michigan and turned the ball over a lot. So obviously they were able to – I think they had over 500 yards in that game. Yeah. So they were able to move the ball on Michigan. So get the ball out of Stetson Bennett's hands quick. High efficiency throws. I mean, I think the entire game, you can just look at that first drive, and that's kind of how what the game plan was, was we can get Brock Bowers on a one-yard pass, like literally a pass to the line of scrimmage, but just the way we schemed it up, mm -hmm. he's going to walk into the end zone. So, yeah. I mean, I think Georgia's offense was a – I don't want to say – 
conservative, but in the Alabama game, it was everything was like 15, 20 yards downfield, right? This game was at the line of scrimmage, five yards, and then you hit Boom. deep yeah. when it's there. It's like the old school saying is look deep and then come short. This one was jab, 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 punch, and it yeah. worked in the Michigan game. I'm curious. Do they think they can work? That can work against Alabama. We're gonna find out. We gotta take a quick break, though. We'll come back. We'll talk to Jake Roos from On3.com. Take a look at that Georgia-Alabama game coming up a week from today. This is second down. On ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Chris Yokel alongside PJ Zuko and Cam Urshry. Glad y'all are spending your Monday afternoon with us. I know Kirby Smart. He didn't want the Gatorade bath after the game. He's dialed in completely on Alabama. But you know what? We're still looking back at this Michigan game, and, and to help us break that one down and take a look at Georgia-Alabama coming up next Monday night from On3.com, Dogs HQ, Jake Roos joining us here. Jake, thanks for taking the time. Man. It looks like you're on location somewhere. Uh, uh, no, not quite. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm up here in uh, North Georgia uh, kind of uh, you know, recouping after uh, the national championship and um, uh, up here uh, ready to um, – you know, take in uh, the, 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 the goings-on of this week for sure. But, uh, yeah, like you said, a big win for Georgia last week, uh, certainly uh, an impactful win for them um, and puts them right back where they want to be and where they wanted to be uh, all along this year. So it was a thoroughly dominating performance from beginning to end. I don't want to spend a ton of time here because I know, like Kirby Smart, you're already locked in on Alabama. But I think there's some, a few players that made themselves a lot of money uh, that maybe – a lot of national fans didn't know about, and maybe even some Georgia fans hadn't been paying a lot of attention to. And I, I think it starts with both of the tackles uh, for Georgia, Jamari Sawyer uh, and Warren McClendon, two guys where obviously all the Georgia fans know Jamari Sawyer because it's been the question all year has been, well, which position is he going to play? But, I mean, Warren McClendon, I think it's about as quiet as you can be as a starting right tackle for a team going to a national championship. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, it was a tremendous performance for uh, for Jamari and, and uh, our kid that I'm really happy to see that for, a guy who's just kind of done whatever's been asked of him and, like you said, has been put in a position where uh, maybe not his normal position, not exactly my, maybe what you would ex- uh, expect that he's going to be playing at the next level even, um, but he's been so uh, unselfish, um, you know, just doing whatever the team's asked him to do. And, and in a lot of ways it reminds you, I think, a little bit of, what Isaiah Wynn did when he was in Athens, um, you know, kind of stepping into that role and, uh, and and playing it really well for the Bulldogs. <laughs> you saw that that turned into a, a first-round pick for him. Gamari Sawyer comes out and does a tremendous job against a guy who's projected to uh, be one of the top picks in this draft, and Agent Aiden Hutchinson, and um, you know, stonewalls him. Like you said, probably made himself some money with that, and uh, and and I hope so, uh, rightfully so. Um, you know, Warren McClendon, I think too, though, is a guy that uh, really sneaky, um, you know, good player uh, coming out of high school. In my opinion, a five-tool guy, just a utility player on the offensive line, can play any of the guard spots, center, and obviously has a knack for tackle as well. So, you know, Georgia really, really, they've recruited that position well, and it paid off in the game, but I think it's going to pay off for those guys even further when the NFL comes knocking. All right, I have a two-parter for you here. We'll start, and it's both about the inside linebackers. We'll start with question number one. N'Kobe Dean is obviously a superstar and it's gotten to the point now where it's just he's become like one of the favorites of college football pundits across the nation 
in your mind, has maybe with his play, has he surpassed the, the, the great Roquan Smith? Because this year has been pretty special. Yeah, I mean, you got to think it's kind of neck and neck, and um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of those, a lot of uh, each other in those two players. Um, you know, you see those guys uh, reflected, I think, in, in both of them. Uh, you, they they play similarly, uh, very quick. Um, you know, guys who uh, just get all over the field. Um, you know, can do a little bit of it all, whether that's you know penetrating the backfield, causing some chaos there, uh, or you know, uh, kind of. Staying home, man in the middle, or dropping in the coverage as they need to. I mean, um, you know, just guys who can play all three facets of uh, the linebacker position. Um, you know, great, great guy for for Georgia. Uh, incredible representative for the team. Uh, a guy who's just you know kind of taking it upon himself uh, in that leadership role. Not too surprising if you knew him in high school. Uh, he was a guy who, uh, you know, kind of really prided himself, I think, on a lot of that um, coming out of school. But um, a guy who, yeah, you know, has he passed Roquan Smith? I don't know that we can go that far just yet. Uh, but he certainly, I think, put himself in the same air. There's no question about it, and that is indeed a rare air. All right, second part of this question. Is there a chance that Quay Walker is a better pro than Nicobe Dean is? You know, I, I can see why you would say that, uh, and, and why you might might think that uh, possibly. And, and I do think that there's the potential that that could be the case. I think the one edge that uh, that Nickobe may have is that uh, you know he's he's a little bit more. I think what um, you know the NFL is turning into. Uh, he's a guy, like I said, who can kind of play all those uh, roles for you. And I think Quay's kind of still developing and kind of coming into his own in that regard. He's played a lot, but I think that there's still some uh, way to, ways to go for him. So, you know, I think that he's a guy who uh, – upside's definitely there. And um, when you're talking about NFL development, um, I, I think that he's got a chance uh, to, to definitely push Nicobe, which is really, really, uh, really saying something because uh, Nicobe's a hell of a player as well. All right, so obviously everyone knows Georgia-Alabama for the national championship – I'm curious for you as a sports writer, like how many of your articles can you just like go back in and change a couple dates? Because, I mean, all the storylines are exactly the same coming into this one. Can Kirby Smart finally beat, uh, what, somebody called him the, the bogeyman uh, today? Can he finally get over the hump and take down Nick Saban? Uh, well, I want to say first off that I agreed with Kirby Smart, and I don't know what the bogeyman the is. The bogeyman is what I am on the weekends when I'm playing golf. <laughs> exactly. That's fair. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that um, – you know, we realistically, I think that there is a lot that, that has changed. Um, you know, I think that Georgia is coming into this with a different mindset. I mean, you know, I think that the edge, I'm not going to say that they didn't have an edge at that SEC championship game, but there was pretty much the understanding, I think, amongst everybody that, you know, kind of regardless of what happened, they were going to probably get a shot at the college football playoff. Obviously now it's, it's win or go home, and in this instance it's take home the ultimate prize or go home. Um, so I, I, I think that some, I, I do think things have changed. I think that they've got a bigger edge. Um, you know, they're coming off of a tremendous performance against a very talented Michigan team as well. Um, so, you know, there are some similarities, certainly. I mean, your players, your styles, all of that. Uh, there's a lot of carryover, no question about it. Um, but is it uh, exactly the same scenario? I don't think so. I think that uh, there, there's definitely some noticeable differences in this one, and uh, desire may be chief among them. Jake Roos from On3.com, kind enough to hop on with us here. Uh, with this defensive unit, 13 out of 14 games, they've been lights out. 
one of the best we've seen in college football in decades. And then obviously the one outlier that just really stands out is the SEC championship game. Do you think that's an outlier or do you feel like Alabama just has Georgia's number defensively? Uh, a little bit of both, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think that uh, that was a, a unique performance. And I think that, you know, you saw Georgia return to form against Michigan. But by the same by the same token, Alabama has done this, what, the last eight times they've met. So uh, to a degree, that's also true. Uh, I think that um, you could certainly say that as well. You know, for me looking at this one, I think that it's a little bit more of, uh, you know, uh, I don't even mean to say talent edge, but, you know, Alabama's just used to being here. They're used to being in these scenarios. And to some degree for Georgia, this is a little bit different. I mean, this is a team that's still, you know, developing into a team that this is the expectation each and every year. For Alabama, this has been, this is and has been the expectation for some time. I think Georgia's still kind of growing into their own in that regard. Obviously, your your Twitter tag is Roos Recruiting, so I know – uh, perspective that you start with when you come to college football. It starts with the guys at high school and watch them develop and come up and commit. So when you look at this game, it's two of the teams that just dominate recruiting every year. But I think it's interesting because I think it's two different mindsets, right? Where Kirby Smart is recruiting defense at a level we really haven't seen. But the flip side of that is how dominant Alabama's been at going out and getting the best offensive weapons from across the country. When it comes to this game how unique and how cool is it to see really I think two different mindsets a guy who just recruits the crap out of amazing defenders versus a guy in Nick Saban who really kind of changed his mindset and is now just going after the best weapons he can find and he doesn't care if he has to outscore you 40 to 30 as long as he wins yeah, you know, that's. I think the mindset uh, comment you made is really kind of what stands out to me is, you know, the shift in mindset from Nick Saban. That's what's so different about all of this, in my opinion. Um, you know, he was a guy that you felt was, was pretty staunchly defensive and, and was kind of taking that, that angle. And, and um, you know, the game has evolved uh, certainly into that degree, but you got to give Kirby Smart some credit as well because, uh, you know, he's going with that defense-first approach, and uh, it's led to its own degree of success as well i mean certainly he's uh he's standing here on the mountaintop with saban at this moment so um you know i think that uh the 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 differing styles between the two especially given you know the the mentor nature the mentor student nature of the relationship uh is intriguing and um i I think that you know kirby is he maybe a little bit behind the times and playing into what saban was doing you know eight, ten years ago, I think that there's probably an argument to be made there. But at the same time, I think that uh, it's hard to argue with results. And certainly, uh, like I said, he's where he wants to be on the back of uh, a, a truly, truly special defense. All right, Jay, before we let you get out of here, man, how big of a smile you think Nick Saban had when he saw the first line come out with Georgia as a favorite? Oh, buddy, that's uh, that's that yummy rat poison that he was talking about after the SEC championship. I mean, you know, there's no better edge. Uh, it's not like Alabama needs motivation, but yet somehow they convince themselves all the time that they are the underdog and that everybody's sliding them and no one believes in them. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff plays right into their hands. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I thought it was a really interesting line to see. Um, but I bet you nobody was more excited to see it than Nick Saban because uh, there's nothing he loves more than being able to uh, put a shade of doubt into uh, the minds of his players.
It is amazing. You have the, the guy who won the Heisman, five-star quarterback from California, and in his Heisman acceptance speech, he's like, no one ever believed in me. It's just something about that Alabama mindset. That's that Michael Jordan creating uh, false headlines just to motivate him. It's, it's obviously working out for him. Six national championships, going for a seventh there under Nick Saban. Jake Roos, kind enough to join us from On3.com, Dogs HQ. You can follow him on Twitter, at Roos Recruiting. Jake, we appreciate it, brother. Hopefully talk to you again before next Monday. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And we got more to come here on second down. We have a rematch coming up in the national championship. This is not the first time that we have seen a rematch like this. We'll take a look at some of the other historical markers that might give Georgia fans a little bit of hope going into Monday. Chris Yokel alongside Cam Urshry and PJ Zuko. We'll be right back after this. What level of hope do you have going into Monday? Scale 1 to 10. Scale of 1 to 10. Of 5. Okay, so you're hovering around 50% hope. Yeah, that's not that's good. Ca- that's cautiously optimistic. Yeah, it's a 5. I'm I'm just still... Like you're still going to like go into watching the game kind of like a... All right, here we go. Yeah, I mean, Georgia has a shot. I'm not going to say it's just completely over. All right. But they have a shot. I give them 5 out of 10 chance. Because I, I put this out earlier. I... I can't think of a reason why you would pick Georgia over Alabama in this game outside of the it's hard to beat the same team twice argument, right? That's what just everyone goes back to is, oh, man, it's just, you know, with the adjustments they can make, it's, it's just so hard to beat the same team twice. Okay, but this team didn't just beat Georgia the last time they played. They beat the hell out of Georgia the last time they played, 41-24, to which is also the score when they played the year prior, albeit that one in Tuscaloosa, but still. Right? So there's not a lot I would lean on and say just from the football schematics point of view. Even with John Mechie hurt. Jamison Williams is such a dangerous matchup. You still have Slade Bolden. They have a bunch of other tight ends. And every wide receiver they have on their roster is a five-star. Right? They're going to have dudes to throw the football to. Their offensive line shuts you down in the SEC championship. So I'm struggling to find a reason to pick Georgia in this game. You know what? I honestly probably won't pick Georgia in this game. But... I also think it's interesting because from a historical perspective, how many times have we seen teams go from playing at some point during the season to then playing in the penultimate matchup at the end of the year, right? In recent history, there's been three of them. Do you guys care to guess what the most recent one was? Should be fairly obvious. Say the question one more time. When was the last time a team played earlier in the season? Teams played earlier in the season and then met up again in the national championship. Uh, I know LSU Alabama. 2012 LSU <laughs> Alabama. That yeah. was LSU won in Tuscaloosa in overtime. Obviously went on to win the SEC, and then they met again in the national championship. Alabama won that one 21 to nothing. Right. I only know one of the other ones. I think because. We have Ben Troop here, and and there, there's a little bit of a rivalry. Is it yep. Florida, Florida State? In 1997. Yeah. 1997, the yeah. Sugar Bowl. In the regular season, Florida State had won 24 to 21. Go back to or played again in the Sugar Bowl for the national championship. Florida decimates them 52 to 20. I think Florida had double digit points in every quarter. Yeah. Like just dominated that game 52 to 20. So. There's two examples of one team wins the first matchup, 
And then in the national championship, the other team wins. And then way back in 1976, uh, you had Ohio State, I think the first week of the year, go out to Los Angeles. They beat UCLA 41-20. to And then they go back and play in the Rose Bowl, and UCLA wins 23-10. to That's Archie Griffin. Or Archie Griffith, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 I think it's yes. Griffin. Yeah, Griffin. Griffin. Archie Griffin. I don't yeah. know why I'm... It's fine. <laughs> it's all right. It's Monday. It's uh, a, you're going to get stuck in that loop, and it's ago. just never going to stop. Yeah. I'm, Break out of it. I hate myself. Fine. Uh, <laughs> but again, so three examples of a team playing earlier in the season. One team wins, and then they meet up again in the national championship, and the other team wins. So mm-hmm. maybe historically, fate favors Georgia. Right. I... I I'm actually more on Georgia than, than y'all, I think. it, And I think it's more because of what I've been talking about with the style of the game that was played in, in the SEC championship game. Like, the, there were mistakes that were made, and there were outliers in that game that, that we didn't see from Georgia a lot. Like you said, I think, earlier in the show, it put too much on Stetson too much of the time. Too early. Too early. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just all well, go me, out and make a play against Alabama's defense. I mean, because no matter what in football, like what level you're playing at, we've all seen the replacements, right? Yeah. Cam, for the love of God, tell me you've seen the replacements. <laughs> yeah, there's Keanu no Reeves. There's... Cam. No, no. <laughs> the smoking, the smoking uh, field goal kicker. Correct. Yeah, no, no but no, no the, the scene where he, they're all talking about their fears <laughs> and like spiders and stuff like that. And Keanu Reeves, uh, Shane Falco says, quicksand. Yeah. And everyone's like, quicksand? What are you talking about? Quicksand. What do you mean? What? He's like, quicksand. He's like, no, it's like, it's just. In football, you see it a lot of times, and good teams, or I should say great teams, don't do this, which is you let one mistake start to snowball, right? Where one mistake, you throw an interception, or you allow Alabama to score a 75-yard touchdown, right? You have to be able to completely shake that off and then go about your business. What happened to Georgia was they got up to nothing, and then Alabama ripped off two touchdowns really fast. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like everything changed. It's like, okay, whatever we're doing on defense, we got to completely switch it up. Let's go all these exotic looks that we haven't shown all season yet. Offensively, Stetson, you're about to throw the ball 50 times. We just got to figure it out, right? Versus yeah. you, they're a great team. They're going to hit you with punches, yeah. right? They're not just going to lie down. You have to be able to absorb those and then just go about your business. Don't try to change things up until you have to in the second quarter isn't the time to start trying to change things up right if it gets to the point where it's third fourth quarter and they're starting to separate okay maybe it's time to switch things up but great teams we see it all the time where they just absorb and they they fight right back into the game the worst thing you can do against a team as good as alabama is start struggling against yourself Mm -hmm. getting away from the things that you do well and that's what we saw georgia do and they, that's why I think you saw so many uncharacteristic things from them, i.e. Stetson Bennett having to throw the ball 48 times, uh, Lewis Seen and Chris Smith blowing a coverage, right? You just started doing things you don't do. So it's just don't struggle against yourself. Understand that they're going to make plays, and then just go about your business. Yeah. It's any level of football, you see that all the time, is just don't worry about what they're doing. Focus on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, uh, like you said, you need to be able to, to shake that off and, and come – and part of that is, let's be honest, just the stack up of, well, this is Alabama yeah. again, right? So it's it's that intimidation factor of, oh, they're 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 real and now and and 
Uh, we're, you know, they're hitting us for long touchdown passes and things like that. Like you said, we got to change everything. Yeah. And and we've seen this before, right? Now, like, no, yeah. y- y- every game. And that that's another part of, of why I'm kind of leaning more towards Georgia is, man, we say it all the time, and I, I feel like we say it as a generic thing in, in, co- in college football almost. And, you know, you say it, and then Alabama dominates Cincinnati. Not really dominates, but dominate, beats Cincinnati. You say it, and then, you know, Georgia dominates Michigan. Anyone can lose on any yeah. given day. So, like, these games are separate from each other. While, yes, it is harder to beat, some, to beat someone twice in the same year, it's also a completely different game yeah. on a different day and, and with different momentums and, and mojos and things but, like that, man. So, like, again, with all that being said, uh, that, that, there was another thing. I, I mean, Alabama's offensive line kind of just holding back everything Georgia's defense yeah, threw it was, like, it was like watching waves Young go up against a wall. Lit yeah. up the defense like crazy. He had one of his, if not the best game of his career, young career, yep. right? I don't think that's going to happen again. Uh, I think you, this this Georgia defense, Georgia defensive Bulldog line. Bulldog fans hope it doesn't happen. Is, right, of course, it, it can't happen yeah. again if they want to win, right? But I think this defensive line well, is rejuvenated. And not only that, but... This isn't a. I know you can look at the past two performances in the SEC mm-hmm. championship game and against Cincinnati and say, well, they played pretty well. This isn't an in, insanely great offensive line for Alabama either. Like, I, I think there's places where, where you can attack them and, and take advantage of them. It just didn't happen that day. Doesn't mean it can't happen uh, in the national championship game. Perfect example of quicksand is just go back to the SEC championship. It's 31 to 17 Alabama. And you've kind of gotten away from what you want to do, but it's 31-17. That's a two-score football game. You're in the fourth quarter. You're still trying to make something happen, and you throw a pick six. So you're driving. You're moving on them. You have a chance to make it a one-score game, and you throw a pick six. And that's the game. And that's it, right? That's the nail in the coffin. So it's just you can't just let these mistakes compound. And I think that's what happened to Georgia in that game. And give Alabama credit, they came out and had a great scheme against Georgia on both sides of the football. It's just you can't let that happen. You have to understand that Alabama is going to go out there and make plays. And I think if you're Georgia and you're looking for an example of a team that doesn't let it affect them, just look at the team on the other side. How many times has Alabama been down before? And say, like specifically defensively for them, right? Georgia came out in 2017, and I think were they have, did they have 20 in the first half in that game? And then I don't think they scored. If not, it was close. Yeah, it was either 17 or 20 because yeah. they didn't score a touchdown again in the second half. So it's just mm-hmm. they just, okay, they came out and they were playing great. Fine. Uh, in the 2018 SEC Championship mm-hmm. where Jake Fromm's just cooking them and, and you have DeAndre Swift going in for a touchdown, second half, Georgia couldn't move the football. So it's just understand you can get into halftime, you can make a couple of adjustments, but they just come out and you're like, listen, guys, it's not complicated. Yeah, Just do your job and we got them. Right, Alabama comes out. Now, I will say this. Everyone's like, well, you know, quicksand, quicksand, quicksand. Is Georgia ready to pull an Alabama and switch the quarterbacks up at <laughs> halftime? I think we've pretty much put that argument to bed. Yeah, that's done. This is – JT Daniels is doing a great job talking to Stetson when he comes to the sideline. This is Stetson Bennett's team, and they're going to win or lose with him at quarterback. And so I, I think we can go ahead and put that one to bed. Yeah, I agree. Um, I watched – Alabama and Cincinnati kind of close Saturday. I watched a lot of that. And 
Cincinnati played them well in the pass coverage department, but yeah. I mean Alabama just ran yeah, all over them. I don't know how much you could take away from that game. Yeah, because <laughs> Alabama just their game plan. And this is what we talked about all last week was pretty simple. We have Evan Nill and a bunch of other five stars on the offensive line. We're going to turn around and hand the football off. Brian Robinson's going to run for 200 yards, and we're just going to get out of there. Cincinnati's going to score six points. It's fine. Nobody gets hurt. Uh, we don't have to show too much, and we can get ready for Georgia. Like I think. That, that one was never close. I, does that mean Cincinnati doesn't deserve to be there? Absolutely oh, no, not. They did deserve to be it's there. It's just Alabama, it was just a terrible matchup, but Alabama's a terrible matchup uh, for most teams. We're a little bit over here. we got to take a quick break. We'll come back with more right here on Second Down. P.J. Zuko does a better show in our commercial <laughs> breaks than he does when we're actually live. What are we talking about, man? You're getting fired up about something. Don't let me I stop don't know, you. Like celery or what? No, I was just talking about the gap between, at the end of the conversation, talking about the gap. With, with Georgia and Alabama and just everybody else, man. it w- This has been one of the most fun, exciting, exciting crazy college football seasons that, that I think we've ever seen. Just everybody beating everybody on any given weekend. But still at the top, it's just like it's Georgia, and I'll say it that way too because that's what I believe. I, we'll see how it works in the national championship. It's Georgia and it's Alabama, and everybody else is somewhere around the corner. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who you can look at and say they were close. I mean – Everyone thought it was going to be Ohio State, and they got bludgeoned. For a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. they got it was that was the whole narrative. It was Ohio State can get in there and compete with both of those teams, and then they get bludgeoned by Michigan, and then Michigan comes out and lays an egg in the college football playoff. Yeah, I don't know who else you could really argue. I mean, Notre Dame just got beat by Oklahoma State, <laughs> so it's just it's there's yeah, I don't know who you Notre can really Dame. argue is up there, and I'm excited. I mean, I think Des Bryant tweeted this out. It's an NFL game. Like, you get to watch an NFL game in the National Championship. We got that coming up for you on Monday. Three and out up next. Bid Troop, Kevin Thomas, getting you ready for College Football National Championship.